Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock Podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. that revelation a person doesn't understand what their Bible is. Your Bible is a record of, of covenants of men and covenant with God. One of, the, uh, one of the truths that every believer needs to understand that God will not deal with a person without a covenant. And that's why Jesus is the messenger of the covenant. He's offering a covenant relationship with God through his blood. He's offering a covenant relationship with the Father through his own blood. And that's why on the night he was betrayed, when he took bread and blessed it and took the cup, he said, this is the blood of the New Testament. He was letting his disciples know that I'm entering to a blood covenant with you. It is one of the most, it, was, it has been the most powerful teaching in my life. Honor has been the most revelatory teaching in my life. Blood covenant was the most powerful teaching in my life. Because and every believer will need this <clears throat> because God will not let you doubt him. He will not let you function in doubt and receive one benefit out of this Bible. And the Bible says you have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He said, the, he said <clears throat> go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he that believeth will be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So there's only two options. Either you believe or you don't believe. And there is no middle ground. Tears don't get you anything. But tears. Amen. The Bible said without faith it's impossible to please God. He didn't say without tears. He didn't say without empathy, sympathy, whatever people want to deal with. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That means there was never a condition he wanted his children to doubt him. And so every believer must learn to live a life without doubting God. And blood covenant is the only means by which a person can live without doubting God. This is for people that are serious. This is for, this is for people that and never really... Really, the Bible was never for a half-stepper anyway. It, never, it was never intended that a believer would live a lukewarm life toward Jesus. He said, if you were lukewarm or you're casual toward me in the book of Re I will spit you out. This is for the sold out. This is the Jesus that said, if you, if you put your hands to the plow and you look back, you're not worthy of me. You know, the Bible is requiring, our covenant is requiring more of us, is requiring more of us than we are currently living. It's requiring more of us than we're currently living. And a lot of ministers will not preach the standard. They will preach what people are living because they're afraid they're going to turn them off. I'm not afraid of turning anybody off. Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. Amen, but he wants you to keep coming. You got to come all the way. Amen. You got to come all the way. You got to come. You got to come full stock. You got to put everything in this. This will cost you your life. Amen. But you don't have a life anyway. Amen. Praise God. I'm just telling you, you just don't. You know, people just don't. You can look at the world. The world is going crazy. 
the news at 6 and 10 is, is filled with craziness. You know, you go out, you get out of Corona and go into a world war. Come on now. Amen. And the Bible said these things are coming. Listen, let me help you right now. It's not going to get better. If you're just waiting for something, <laughs> you're going to have to learn how to live by faith. And I'm here to help you tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's go over here to Mark 11. I know I said, uh, I know I said uh, uh, Hebrews. And uh, Hebrews is a powerful book in the Bible. We'll go to Hebrews. Amen. Over here in Mark 11. Mark 11. We're going to take a look at Mark 11. We're talking about what is the covenant tonight. And uh, we can talk about what a covenant is or what is the covenant tonight. And that's what we want to get into. And, and, and I want to help you with it tonight. From the standpoint is you cannot fulfill God's plan for your life without understanding what blood covenant is. Because God is not going to ever ask you to achieve something you can accomplish yourself. He's going to ask you to achieve something you can't accomplish without him. And so he's going to say things that it's going to challenge the mind to believe. It's going to challenge you to believe. There are going to be challenges of faith that come. And when Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, you got to fight the good fight of faith because evidently your faith comes under attack. Confidence in God comes under attack. So people question whether or not he's going to do something based on the dire or the darkness of their situation. This situation is too far gone for Jesus to intervene and do something about it. So we might as well just learn to cope and just live with this situation. No. He said he's able to save to the uttermost. There is no situation that he will not move into with his power. Redemption means put things back. So Jesus, redemption is a covenant promise. I don't care how long it's been out. I don't care how dark it looks. I don't care how, how far reaching it seems that, that God provides. He makes a way. He bridges the gap. He does the impossible to those that believe. No thing shall be impossible to the believer. Amen. So then the, the objective in life is to learn to believe what God said. Learn to believe what God said and learn to trust him. Satan's objective is to interrupt your faith, faith, to make sure you don't believe so you don't receive. Amen. So look over here in Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus is teaching us, you know, the, you know, the subject of faith is the most important, uh, one of the most important subjects in the Bible, one of the most important. Uh, uh, one of the, the tasks of the believer that's most important. And um, he has to learn how to live without doubting God. Because look what it says like here in Mark eleven twenty three. Verily, verily, Mark eleven twenty three. This is Jesus talking to his disciples after he spoke to the tree. The tree dried up. He cursed it at his roots. He's teaching them the power of faith. And, um, well, we can look at Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus answering and said unto them, have faith in God. One translation says to have the faith that God has. Or, you know, the interpretation is have the faith that God has, which means God doesn't want you to have faith that he doesn't have. Or he wants you to have faith like he has faith. Or he wants you to have faith in the relationship like he has faith in the relationship. Amen. In a marriage, which is the closest thing to a covenant we have, we want, 
Without, without faith, trust, and confidence, there is no relationship. If I don't trust you, there is no relationship. Without faith, trust, and confidence, there is no relationship. And if somebody's married to somebody and I don't trust you, that means you don't have a relationship. Because you have a level of faith toward the relationship they don't have. You have a level of commitment toward the relationship they don't have. So God is saying, I don't want you to have a different kind of faith than me. I don't want you to have a different kind of commitment than me. I want you to have the same commitment and the same trust that I have. Amen. amen. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So he's not, he's saying have faith in God or have the faith that God has or practice and live in faith the way God does. And the way you do that is you live by God's words. What my belief system is always based on the word, the set of words that are currently in my heart and in my mind. Faith is always based on the current set of words and the current set of thoughts that you have right now. Amen. It's based on what you have right now. That's why Peter walks on water one minute, one minute he doesn't. One minute I'm committed, the next minute I'm not. One minute I'm loyal, the next minute I'm not. One minute I'm all in, the next minute I'm not. Faith is based on what you think right now. Amen. So you always have to guard your heart of what you're thinking right now. What do you think about your mate right now? Amen. What do you think about Jesus right now? What do you think about the local church right now? Is it the same thing God thinks? That's why he said my thoughts are not the thoughts. My ways, because thoughts produce ways. Amen. Praise God. So you're going to have to examine yourself all the time. What am I thinking about what God said? Amen. And, and Proverbs say you have to guard your heart with all diligence. You cannot let random thoughts in your heart. Thought is a skill. Amen. Thought is a skill. Praise God. Driving is a skill. You're not supposed to be in the other lane. Neither is your mind. Amen. Neither is your mind. The, and Philippians chapter 4 says, if you're going to think, think on these things. So if God's given you what to think on, then my mind shouldn't be on something else. Amen. My mind should never be on anxiety. Amen. No, it should never be on where. Now I know it comes. Oh, yes, it does. All you got to do is just get up. <laughs> All you got to do is just get up. Get up. It may happen because of who's in your house with you. Anxiety. It can happen on, on, on the freeway. Anxiety. Why they, why they tripping like that? They don't tell them what happened when you get to work. The devil wants to make sure you have a day of anxieties. But the Bible said don't have anxiety about nothing. Why? I got you. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you shall be shown to be in the wrong for your sake. And you deliver from every evil work and preserve into his heavenly kingdom, kept by the power of God unto salvation. Nothing shall by any means harm you, and you are delivered from the enemy. Amen. Praise God. I'm delivered from all of his ways. Well, that's how you keep yourself from anxiety. You know what God said, because you know what God said in spite of trouble coming. Your, your, your recollection of the word has to be greater than the oppositions that's being presented to you at the moment. Because if, if, so if I'm, living, if, my, if I'm living a lifestyle in the moment with the word, when the moment trouble comes, I'm not troubled. 
Amen. So the question going to be every day, how you living? Amen. Praise God. An hour from now, you need somebody to ask you, how you living? <laughs> Come on now. Because the enemy comes immediately and tries to take away the word that you was just given. Why? Because when you get in the moment, he don't want you to have a word for the opposition that comes against your life. He wants you to fold. But sometimes things come, sometimes things come and they're, and, 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 and they are, they are, they are in proportion bigger than you. And when things seem to be bigger than you, when things seem to be like, I can't get my arms around this one, that's when you need to covenant. Yeah. Exactly. And everybody's going to get that day. Everybody's going to get that day. And if you don't have this knowledge, you're in trouble. And Jesus said, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed. Now, I'm not talking about everybody else's people. My people are perishing in light of the covenant. They're perishing even though I made redemption for them. They're still perishing. So somebody said, well, I don't like the way you handle the corona situation. Well, I don't think like you. I'm not going to pass this church on your level of thinking. You can put on a mask. You can take a shot. You can stay at home. We got a camera so you can still watch. So I can still help you with your faith. We can bring you up. You may start thinking different and start living different. You may get a liberty you don't even know is available to you if you just keep listening. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You might get a breakthrough. They came back and apologized to him. I don't think like you. You haven't walked in my shoes. You haven't been where I've been. You don't have the word life I have. You don't have the prayer life I have. You don't have the relationship with God I have. Why should I do it like you? Why should I do it like you? Why? Did Jesus try to walk like his disciples were walking? And the leader's supposed to be a cut above the rest. Supposed to be. That's what they call them the pastor. They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be. So I don't think like that. Don't ask me to live the way you live. I made a, whole, I made a decision a long time ago. I wasn't going to live like that. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My passion is to go after the word of God every day of my life. That's my, that's my life. That's my devotion. Christianity is a devotion. Is that you gave yourself to something. Because you're going to do that anyway. You're going to give yourself to something anyway. You can't live without doing it. You're going to be committed to something anyway. You're going to give yourself to something anyway. You just got to determine what that's going to be. I decided a long time ago that was going to be Jesus. And it don't matter who comes or who don't come. Amen. Amen. And this is what it says. Have faith in God. 
Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not what? Doubt is out. He said, you shall not do that. You shall not doubt. But the pressure comes in life to doubt. But the word says you shall not. Not means I absolutely deny you the right to doubt me. And you still get the blessing. The reason why 600,000 men were left in the wilderness and never saw the promised land is because they doubted God. God told them he was going to give them the land. They said, you brought us out here to kill us because there weren't enough graves in Egypt. He said, for real? For real? Is that what you think? Then he turned around and said, I swear. He made another covenant. I swear. Now, everybody twinning up, I swear you were dropped in this desert and none of you will see the promise that I gave you and the promise was there it was in existence God never tells you something that doesn't exist if he says millions on this congregation amen but you go but but you say but you shall say who shall shall say who shall shall say and shall not die and if if I doubt it then I don't say it I don't believe that. I've been had to work hard for every dime I got. That's the same thing they said. We should have stayed in Egypt. We had leeks and onions <laughs> and meat boiling in the pot. What a group. And shall not doubt in his where? Hard is the soul is whether. Heart is, is a place where the soul dwells, and the heart has to be anchored. When we, read, when we study Hebrews chapter 6, the Bible says the covenant is the anchor to the soul. And when you understand what a covenant agreement is, you realize God came back out. And it don't matter. When you study, when you study in, in Exodus around chapter 12, I believe it's 41, God told them, he gave them a time they was going to come out. And it was the last day. Pharaoh, God gave him up to the last day to let those people go. And he decided to, he was going to hold them past the expiration date that God had given. So he says, well, then I got to do something to really get your attention. So guess what's going to happen? The firstborn in an entire nation, not in the city, the firstborn in an entire nation, it's going to cost them their life because they're leaving. I'm already turned the place upside down. The hell, the frogs, the lights, the light, the darkness. I've already turned, I've already ramshacked the whole country. Y'all don't even have any cattle left though. Eating frog legs every night. This is the only thing in abundance. Then comes the last plague. When you wake up and every firstborn in the entire nation doesn't move. Fear came upon the whole nation and they rushed them out of the city. 
Boy, I'm ready to tell you right now. And pay them. Come on now. The devil's been holding on to this thing as hard as he could. There's a breakthrough coming for the believer. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you, there's a release coming. I'm telling you, man. I'm just telling you, you got to stay the course. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a breakthrough coming. And <laughs> it said on the last day, everything that God promised them came to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for Moses. He didn't fold under pressure. It was a lot of pressure. He didn't fold. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Leadership shouldn't fold. Amen. And it says right here, shall believe that those things shall not doubt in his heart. That's where faith is generated. You believe in your heart. And see, this is why faith and unbelief is measured in the heart. Because people can shout hallelujah at church. And then pressure hit them when they're not here. And they're trying to measure what they believe while they was in the service. Or when there's a spiritual high goes on. No. Faith counts all the time. God takes resident up in the heart. He knows if unbelief is there. That's why the Bible said Jesus could see their faith. You can tell, you can, you can tell when people are in faith. You can tell when you do this long enough, you can tell when they're in faith, you can tell when they're in unbelief. I don't care how much they say. I don't care about their confessions or anything. Because Jesus said you can honor me with your lips, but your heart. Which means the words can come out that sound right, but the heart ain't right. They have to match. They have to match. The heart and the mouth have to match. And a heart of unbelief can, does not have the sound of faith. It can repeat the words, but it doesn't have the sound of faith. What you want is the sound of faith coming out of you. <laughs> what you want is the sound of faith coming out of you. How's the sound of faith coming out? The Bible says you have to meditate on the word day and night. You have to saturate. Jesus said, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. So that when something comes up, nothing comes out of you but word. Nothing comes out of you but word. That's it. So it says, right, shall not doubt his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, but shall believe or possess faith in the things which he saith. So how he talks all the time. I remember Dr. Jacob said, he said, there's a person, he, he was on the phone with me. He says, uh, I'm going to have to go ahead. I'm going to have to go to the house and tell them how to go to heaven because they're not turning this. I said, I, I think I know who you're talking about. I'm going to get my miracle. I believe my. I sat there and heard him say that. I said, I want no faith in that. They just ain't got it. Things are getting worse. They're not getting better. Faith turns it. The book of James tells us that faith will turn it. He said words of faith are like a ship going in the wrong direction. And your tongue will cause your ship to turn in the right direction. When the heart is right and the words are right, 
faith always works. Always works. He said he shall not doubt. He got to believe the things which he saith. They shall come. It didn't say they might come. The covenant is, the covenant we're reading right now said it shall come. The covenant says it shall come. But the problem with people, their word time is at an all-time low. And if you stay around here long enough, you'll learn the faith lingo. Won't he do it? Ain't he all right? Amen. You'll learn the lingo. <laughs> lingo don't work in a fight. <laughs> lingo don't work in a fight. I'm telling you, it don't work in a fight of faith. <laughs> it's, it's a person that has been meditating the word. Amen. And the person that understands they got a covenant with God. Amen. I know how this thing got to turn out. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And all those that got to work on that. Amen. And uh, he said, he believed things shall come. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So if God told me to say my supply is full. My supply is coming. My supply is here and it comes about. And financial increase is working in my life. Now it's working in people's lives in him. Amen. Amen. People be giving me testimonies. I be getting side conversations. Pastor, let me talk to you. <laughs> yeah, somebody told me yesterday they got a substantial increase. So I know it's working up in here. Because they're honoring God and their passion and things like that. They're just bringing honor to the house. I can see it. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Amen. We may just have to have a testimony morning. Amen. So you can see here what I'm here. And I'm glad that because I, I believe in the mantle on my life. He said, I'm giving you pastors that are going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Praise God. So you'll be fruitful and multiply. We are measuring that. One believer at a time. That's measurable. I'm delivering you from lack. I'm delivering you from disappointment. And I'm delivering you from the spirit of fear and anxiety. I'm teaching you how to live like that. He said, that's the kind of passage I'm giving you. You shouldn't have been running from Corona. And if you're running and you go to this church, you ain't heard a word I said. But listen better. Amen. I've been doing this. I've been doing this for 37 years. I've been with the same pastor for 37 years. Been doing this for 37 years. I'm committed to it. I've had my set of challenges, and God has helped me through it. And now I'm trying to, and I'm trying to impart it to a people He's sending here. Amen. I'm trying to impart it to a people He's sending to me. He says, "I'm gonna give you a pastor." And if people don't even have one and you don't know how to respect it and don't know how to honor, you ain't going to have no faith. You ain't going to get what I'm saying. You can sit right here, hear everything I'm saying. You get in dishonor, it'll go right over you. You will not be able to practice it. Why? Because the heart ain't right. It has to, faith works in an honest and good heart. That's the sower and the seed. It don't work in a heart of offense. It don't work in a heart of neglect. Faith don't work in hearts like that. It don't work in a heart in sin. And I don't care how much they get up and try to act like, I tell you, you can repeat stuff. All you. God didn't call you to be a parrot. He called you to be a believer. Amen. A parrot can repeat something. Close the door. Close the door. Just tell him close the door. No. 
He can say, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. A parrot can do that if you train it long enough. Praise him. Praise him. A parrot can do that if you train him. But it's not faith. <laughs> That's repeated. We're not parrots. We are believers. We believe the word of God. Believing means you have, you are persuaded that it's true. Amen. You are relying on Jesus' blood of the New Testament covenant. And you are declaring it out of your mouth with confidence. Because you've meditated. Faith comes by hearing God. You have to stay in his presence long enough. And love his word so much that you have a relationship with him. We're not talking about going to church. We're talking about having a relationship. You just have to come here to be taught. Because you cannot do the work of the ministry without a pastor. He said, I'm going to give you pastors. And he said, I'm giving you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. You can't even be perfected. If it's a year of perfection, you can't be perfected without a pastor. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we come into the unity of the faith that we're all centered around this covenant. You can't have faith without being committed to a local church. Where God sent somebody to, where God sent somebody. I'm not talking about everything on the corner. I'm beyond all of that. Talking to a man, he came up on the job site to work. He said, all the churches are closing. <laughs> I didn't say it, he told me that. That's information offered. They want to know, why are you building the one? I'm not like them. Every McDonald's is the same, but every church is not. Every Planet Fitness is the same. You can go in there and push on stuff. But if it's not a man of God there, with the heart of God, it's not the same. And he didn't send you there either. He ain't going to send you someplace you can't be developed. you there because your family always went there. Your first cousin is there. That's the first thing I gave up. <laughs> oh, my mama said, you can't leave it. You here, you was born here. Yes, I was, but I'm not dying here. I wasn't being rebellious. I was getting old enough to plot my own way. I realized I'm going to die here. I will die spiritually here. So the car you gave me is rolling in a different direction come Sunday. I don't, I don't play with my life. I don't play family games. I don't play my cousin got mad and left the church and I'm leaving with him. I don't do that. And if that's you, you just might as well hang it up because offense is going to get you. The devil knows you do that kind of stuff. Jesus said, he that doeth the will of my father, my mother, my brother, my sister. You better read the Bible and stop being moved by your feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Amen. You better read your Bible. I would not, I, I would not move my family in, 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 in any measure where it means moving out of the will of God. That's how we got into this. I'm, we, you, you, you coming up out of this God, because not because you ate off the tree, it's because you listened to your wife. 
And when your wife is wrong, you are there to tell them they wrong. Or what kind of mate are you? What kind of mate are you? What kind of help are you? What kind of husband are you? They're off the word. They're going to take us all. That's what the whole book of Ruth is about. Malon got a raise, $10,000 a year, took the whole family out of the will of God for $10,000 a year. You are out of the will of God. So you dying, your sons are dying. And then finally, Naomi now, she's got these, all the knuckleheads are gone so I can make a decision myself. It's shameful. I got to go back to what we left. No, prosperity did not work what we thought it was going to work because you cannot prosper out of the will of God. You do not move over money. You move by the Holy Ghost. You move by the covenant. I'm preaching real good right now. But you got to understand, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not on Twinkies right now. I'm on the blood of the everlasting covenant. Oh, are you ready for this? I'm talking about covenant tonight. My blood is thicker than water. That means you're supposed to run with your family. No! That means the blood of the covenant is greater than the water of the womb that you shared with your siblings. It's greater than that. That's what that statement means. It don't mean it's talking about your first cousin. Ignorant. Ignorant about covenant living. Amen. Making bad decisions. Because you're ignorant about covenant living. Well, I, fi I figured it out. Amen. Faith is the victory. Amen. It's the victory for your whole household. Amen. You can have your own lineage. You're going to have to raise up your own house anyway. Right. Everybody in your family may not serve God. Amen. I told you I'm teaching on blood covenant. Do y'all really want this? Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Jacobs asked me Sunday night. He said, what you preaching on? <laughs> I said, the blood of the everlasting covenant. It just went all over him. Because <laughs> he understands it. Then he passed the sin. You saw him get all riled up. At the oh, it'll do something to you when you understand this. It'll do something to you. It'll make you talk to a 10-foot giant. It'll make you tell a 10-foot giant, I will flat out. Cut your head off. You have come out of here and defied the armies of the living God. You uncircumcised Philistine. You stepped out of here with a covenant with nobody. I didn't come at you with a shield or a stain. I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. It'll change you. It'll turn you. It'll make you wow when you make you wild when you just want to get in here. Turn, turn over here. It'll do something to you. You want that night, that night I walked out of the building with God? I know what it's like to walk with him. You are now, you don't know my shoes. Get a shot, you get one. I got one. I got a shot of God that night I walked out of the building. I already got my shot. I already got my mask. I got it that night. 
I got it, and I'm messed up is what I'm trying to tell you. Not like everybody else. Be not conformed to this world. Conformity. Doing everything it's doing. Where they are. No. You can't. I was reading. I was sitting there reading. And the Bible said, he, Jesus. I read it this Sunday morning. He hates iniquity. He hates everything that's opposed to God. He didn't say he hated people, he hates iniquity. So why play with it? Why play with what he hates? That's what it said in Hebrews. But he loves righteousness. And he died to make us righteous. He died, he took iniquity out, he took what God hated out of us. How do you love so bad? So they got in them what, wow. what they got in them what you hate, but you still love them so much you die for it and take it out of. Why would you want to play with it again? I've been reading Hebrews all. I've been reading Hebrews ever since I met Dr. J, and it just jumped out. He said, Keith, I hated iniquity. I still do. I love righteousness. Therefore, God has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. And the scepter of your kingdom Amen. shall be the scepter of righteousness. Amen. And it shall last forever. God, God looked at him and called him God. <laughs> Look to Jesus called God. Again, you'll be a son to me. He lost his sonship so that we could live in victory. He gave up his seat in heaven and gave up his glory and stripped himself and become a man and gave up his seat in heaven, gave up his life and shed his blood so that iniquity would not be a part of my life but righteous. Why play with it? Therefore I say unto you, verse 24, Whatsoever things you desire, God wants you to live with your desire. Now, what this is going to take, it's going to take a people that's going to dive into this and just go out. It's, it's, listen, <laughs> we ought to know, by and large, the general church community is a spiritual embarrassment. Where I look. And that's not what Jesus died to manifest. He said the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. Now where did Corona come from? The gates is not supposed to prevail. People can give all kinds of excuses. They won't be smart and all that kind of stuff like that. But I will tell people, if you feel threatened, stay at home. Because now you're telling me you're not in faith. Yeah. Oh, you see, you're not being intelligent. No, I'm just being in faith. I expect him to do what he said. If he said, no plague shall come nigh my dwelling, that's what I expect. He said, we shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. That's what I 
expect. And I got a right to demand it. I don't beg for anything. It's my covenant right, and I demand it. Amen. Let's have a thank you to Ty. When you pray, for see, feel like he just, whatever. When you pray. So the question is, when do you do that? Amen. 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 Believe, there it is again. Prayer have to be believed. Amen. That you receive them. What's the things you desire when you pray? Believe. So you don't pray to start believing. You're already a believer before you start praying. Which means you already, you got to have the word out before you start praying. You got to know what God said about something. See, covenant people don't just go up and start praying. Especially when it's a challenge. They search the covenant. And they find out what belongs to them. Then they go boldly. Carrying those scriptures. And if they're smart, they'll carry the bread and the wine. Oh, Jesus said, they, they, well, he see you coming like that. He said, Father, they, come, they coming on business. They coming, they coming with business. They doing, they're going to do kingdom business. Everybody get in your places. Angels, get ready. Get ready, angels. Get ready for lightnings and thunders and voices and earthquakes going into the earth. Get ready to change something in the planet. Get ready to shake the whole thing up. I got to tell you how to live that way. Yes. Now, I did six days, eight hours a day. So y'all give me some slack in here. <laughs> relationships take time, Amen. especially covenant relationships. Amen. That's why Pastor Cynthia is everywhere I go, she go. Because covenant relationships take time. She wants to be in covenant with me. Practice in covenant. She jumps in that truck. She knows she's in covenant. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When you pray, believe that you receive them. You have to believe that you took it. So your heart gets the thing before your hand gets the thing. I'm trying to help you. Your heart gets the thing before your hand gets the thing. So if your heart get it first, you're rejoicing with it, with it not being in your hand. Because if your heart got it, it's over. I don't, care if symptoms, I don't care if the symptoms on your body. If your heart got it, amen, your hand getting ready to get it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, saints. I'm trying to help you up in here. Believe that you took it. Receive means to take. I took it. So my heart has a hand. It reaches into the supernatural and it takes the thing. My heart has a hand. First. Believe that you took it. Then you shall touch it. Then you shall have them. Believe that your heart took it. Then your hand will have it. But what people want to do, they want to have it. Then they want to heart it. That ain't going to work. 
You wide backwards. You just wide, your wires are crossed. You want to have it first. And then you want to believe it. Kingdom don't work like that. Kingdom don't work like that. And you can do it for all 7,000 promises in the Bible. And God's behind it. Say amen to that. Hebrews. <laughs> what time is it? It's almost 8 o'clock. I got 8 minutes. <laughs> we was talking about how long I preached today. We were, we were having a discussion about how long I preached because I was being accused of preaching real long with some colleagues. And, 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 and so I defended myself. I said, how long is praise and worship? 30 minutes. That ain't my 30 minutes. That's somebody else's. How long does it take everybody to shake hands out of praise and worship and get settled? That ain't my time. Amen. That's not my time. How you doing? Oh, I'm so glad to see you. That's not my time. How long is the offering? That ain't my preaching. That's your offering. Amen. That's your time to honor God. How long is that? How long is Pastor Cynthia's announcements? And Candace's is a houseman. Amen. How long does it take you to say my supply is full? My supply is coming. See, when you add all that up, I am not the father. I am not the problem. Everybody want to blame somebody, though. So blame the pastor. No, your long services are your own fault. <laughs> Everybody contributing to the length of the service. Then I got to say stuff twice because somebody was asleep. <sighs> no, we got to be in the unit of the faith. I got to say it again. Wake up, brother. <laughs> All right, move right along. <laughs> oh, Hebrews 18. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Romans chapter 9 says you are the new house of Israel. You've been grafted in. Said the Lord... I will put my laws into their minds and write them where? Who's going to do that? So God is saying, when you are with my word, I'm putting it there. I'm, I'm going to build your ability to grab. Because he said, I'm going to put it in your heart. So he says, I'm the one that's going to develop the aggressiveness of your grab. Then I'm going to make you a blab it and grab it or call it and haul it and a quote it and tote it. Believer. And it is going to come because I'm responsible for you developing and producing your faith as you give your word self to the word. But you have to do, you have to do Romans chapter 12, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And when you put yourself in before the word of God, then he starts putting a grabber in you. And in the middle of a storm, you say, Lord, if it's you, let me come. He grabbed it. He just didn't know how to keep it. You're going to learn how to keep it yeah. in the midst of the storm. I will put laws in their minds and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Notice what the covenant requires me to do. i got to be God's people. 
I got to be his family. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall have a relationship with me or know me from the least to the greatest. And I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. I will remember no more. God swore I will never deal with you based on your past. I will never, ever deal with you in context to your past. So don't treat me like I'm dealing with your past. Don't act like you can't come into my presence because of what you did. He loved righteousness. And he made us righteous. If you make a mistake or you sin, you repent immediately over all of it. The snapping at your mate. Don't leave that sin out there. Repent. Smith Wigglesworth said the New Testament believer raised people, more people from dead in the 19th century than anybody. He said the New Testament believer going to have to repent often because you're walking with God. Kenneth Copeland said it. He's a prophet. He said it's a year of correction, a year of direction, a year of perfection, and a year of protection for acceleration. I added that on now. Amen. I want it all. So he said, this is the covenant I'm going to make with you. Now look over in Hebrews chapter 4. I mean Romans chapter 4. I got three minutes left. That's all I got. Praise God. And Pastor Cynthia was looking at her watch right at the beginning of the service. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Over in here in Romans chapter 4. And, um, and it says in verse 12, verse 12, Romans 4, 12, and the father of circumcision, which is Abraham, he was circumcised, which means circumcision was a cut. Men were circumcised, and they were circumcised because the word covenant means to cut with blood flow. Every one of those men were cut to be in covenant with God. David just knew what his cut meant. And some people are in covenant with God. They don't know what the covenant is. He just knew what it meant. It says, but Abraham is the father of us all. He's, uh, he was circumcised as a sign of his covenant mark. And a lot of times the covenant means to cut where blood flow. That's why Jesus was on that cross. He was being cut and blood was flowing. And those were the cuts of the covenant. And blood is the symbol of life. When blood is flowing, people do what? They try to stop it from flowing. But covenant means to cut where blood flows because blood is symbolic of life. So God's covenant is a covenant of life. And therefore, it involves blood. It comes to the place where let my blood be spilled out 
I'll allow my blood to be poured out before I allow yours to be. That's what Jesus was doing. Covenant means to cut where blood flows because blood is the binding agreement. If it's not blood in it, it's not covenant. That's why Jesus said this is the New Testament in my blood and every, all the words are in red to be symbolic that he was making covenant statements. I swear unto this. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he's swearing, I swear in my own blood to come that this is the way it'll be to settle in our hearts we in a covenant with God and he would have to destroy himself. That's why he said heaven and earth will pass away. Any, any word I promise fail to come to pass and you stand there and believe it. Covenant blood means I will stand toe to toe with you. I will stand back to back with you in battle. And the blood can flow knee deep and I will never move. I will stand there and defend you. field of battle and defend you. My blood is flying everywhere and I will not move until you are defended and protected. That's the relationship you have with him. And to doubt him, his integrity and his honor, cannot please him. If it doesn't, already said in the covenant that the person that doubts me will do without me. I never question God when people say, well, we did this and we did that. You just didn't do it right. Just accept that and grow from it. Grow from it. Learn from it. But who, it says, he's the father, not only of the circumcision only, but who also walketh in the steps. So I'm supposed to do what? Walk in the steps of the faith. I'm supposed to follow Abraham's steps. The faith of our father Abraham, which he had been yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be heir, notice, Heir of the world. He owns the world. Abraham was the owner of the world. You need to underline it in my mind because you are his joint heir. You, write, you, walk by every, you walk by stuff you own every day. And was not, was not to Abraham only or to his seed through the law, but uh, through the law, but through the righteousness which is of faith. Your faith makes you an owner. Amen. Your faith is... The, is, the, is the certification that you are owner of this world. That God wants you to possess properties, own wealth to expand his kingdom. But faith is the only way you can be identified as an heir. So if you don't have faith, you can be a child of God, but you are disqualified as an heir. That's why the Bible calls, the book of Peter calls faith more precious than gold. 
tried in the fire. Your faith is so important. My faith is so important that we ought to give ourselves to it. Turn over here to Genesis. I'm three minutes over. Turn over here to Genesis. Let's go over and look at Abraham. It was even Abram then. We got a lot to talk about, don't we? Now, he was the heir of the what? world, right? Which means property belonged to him. So, look over here in verse 7, Genesis 15, verse 7. I'm going to stop here in just a few minutes. I'll pick up here suddenly. That land out there is ours. And our goal is to pay it off. And it says here, it said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee, verse 7. God starts talking to Abraham, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur, where you was worshiping the moon, to give you this land to inherit. God will show you what belongs to you. Why? Because you're an heir. If you, if, you, if you walk with him, he'll show you stuff. He'll show you things that belong to you. The Holy Spirit wants to show you property that belongs to you because whatever geographical region he called you into, you, there are things that you own. So believe it or not, talk this kind of stuff. You say, I've been trying to get stuff off your wages. Ain't it hard to get it off wages? And God. And you to own them. It's possible to own in the kingdom and not know it. We hadn't tapped into this. We, we ain't even got into this. Amen. You ought to be glad I'm pushing and you up in here. Amen. You ought to be glad I'm pushing. I thank God for Dr. Joe Dufresne and, 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 and Pastor Nancy. I mean, and, uh, I mean, they talk Dr. Jacobs. He's supposed to fly and, and instead of be dry. Somebody got to pull you up or you ain't going. Amen. I'm just telling you, somebody got to pull you up or you ain't going nowhere. These things, these things are spiritual truths. Somebody's got to pull you up into it or you're not going. That's why y'all don't think like other people either. Y'all don't think like the general congregations around here. I'm just telling you. The man walked up there on the property and said, you know what? Churches are closing. I said, what are you talking about? What denomination are you? That's your problem. You're more about, more about, more about denominations instead of what God said. That's your problem. Shouldn't even matter. They're not even in the Bible. Stuck on stupid. Anyway, I don't care. You know what? I'm to the point now. I just, you know. He says here, to inherit it, which means to possess it and own it. And he said, Lord God, whereabouts shall I know that I shall inherit it? So God gave him a word of what was his. And he said, how shall I know this is mine? Didn't God just tell him it was his? Right. <laughs> Most Christians would have took a lap. Yeah. Ain't he all right? Yeah. Praise him. Well, he told you the same thing. He said millions on this congregation. Amen. Most people, it just shot right over the head. 
because they don't hear that word until they come in here and I say it. Because they don't believe it. No, the word you don't keep is the word you don't believe. How can you believe a word you haven't kept? It's not in your heart. Because you, whatever's in your heart, that's what you talk. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you only say it when we're in here, you're a trip. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm just telling you the truth. Because you're playing with yourself. Amen. Abraham didn't want to do that. He said, how shall I know? Faith knows. I want to know it's mine. So believing, real believing means you know it's yours. What he's going to do to help him to know he believed it, God cut a covenant with him. And I'll pick it up Sunday about the covenant he cut. You can start reading. You can start reading. I'll talk to you about it Sunday morning. How about that? Praise God. Compared Cynthia, she want to go. I can look at her and tell. <laughs> Praise God. Y'all lift your hands.